0: Hello everyone, I am super excited that you have taken time out of your day to hang out with me where we are going to dive really deep into the UX of your resume. I don't want to waste any time, so let's jump in here. Your resume is a big factor in your job search mainly regarding whether you get an interview or not. And to get people to really notice your resume, there are a couple of myths you need to stop believing and some really quick, actionable things you can do to make it more user-friendly for people to read it. So make sure you have a piece of paper, something to take notes, because we're gonna be moving pretty fast in these 30 minutes. Okay. So let's get into the UX of your resume and some of those myths, and then we will dive into some of those tips as well. So a lot of you here today are user experience people. You work in that industry or field. What's one of the first things we do when it comes to creating an experience? Well, we try and understand the user, right? So let's spend a really short amount of time thinking about the user of your resume. So at a really high level, there's kind of three users of your resume. The first user is the HR person or recruiter who's responsible for screening all of the applicants. So they're kind of like, the first line of defense. Put yourself in their shoes. They might be going through hundreds of resumes and applications every day. They don't need to know the nitty gritty of what you've done. What they're doing is they're trying to just get a sense of, do you tick all the boxes or enough of the boxes in the job description to warrant moving you further in the process? This is why we can safely assume and know that they are skimming and scanning your resume. They're not reading every word. And this is where that whole idea that people only spend six to eight seconds on your resume, this is where that comes into play. But here's the thing. Other people are going to spend more than six to eight seconds on your resume because if you make it past that first screening step, guess what? Someone who's more involved in the hiring process, probably the hiring manager or someone like them, they are going to want to vet you. And when they look at your resume, they're not just looking for keywords and names of software and things like that. They want to know more than just you tick all the boxes of the job description. They also want to see proof, right? They want to see examples. They want to see evidence of how you have done those things in previous jobs. As a result of that, they will likely spend more than six or eight seconds because, sure, maybe they might be initially just quickly skimming, scanning your resume, but they're going to dig a little bit more into those bullet points provided they're written in a compelling way, which we'll get to in a moment so that they can have confidence that if they move you along in the process, you are gonna be a viable candidate because hiring managers are busy. Their teams are busy. They don't wanna waste their time or their team's time interviewing you if they don't have a pretty strong level of confidence that you can do what you say you can do. And to show them that, we need to provide examples and proof In your resume and if you do that they'll spend more than six to eight seconds looking at your resume and the third type of user of your resume are people that i would kind of categorize as potential peers by that i mean maybe after you have an interview with the hiring manager you go to an interview where you might talk to multiple people on the team that you're applying to for those people they're similar to the hiring manager. They wanna know examples and hear examples of what you've done in the past. In other words, they don't just wanna know what you did, they wanna hear examples of how you did it and what happened, the outcomes, et cetera. The takeaway from that is that sure, initially people spend six to eight seconds, but the further you get in the interview process, the longer people are going to spend on your resume. And that's important because when I give you these tips in a few minutes, this is why you need to really implement those tips so that when those people who are spending more than six to eight seconds are on your resume, you actually stand out. So let's dive into the UX mistakes that some people are making on their resume. And what you can do instead. Okay, so the first mistake, the first thing that people get wrong is that they do not have two versions of their resume. And I'm gonna explain why I think you need two versions of your resume, but let's take it back to user experience, right? In the products that people design, You maybe worked on one today. Creating a really great experience means you're tailoring it to the user, right? We've all used a product when we went to the homepage, maybe an e commerce site or something like that. And you're like, wow, those things that I'm looking for are right there. This is personalized to me. So the same applies to your resume. We want to make sure that it's tailored to the user. And so we need two versions of the resume. We need a human friendly version of your resume. And we need one that I call the applicant tracking system version of your resume. Applicant tracking system, sometimes you refer to that as ATS. So when you apply to a job through a company's website, maybe their careers page, or maybe you apply on a big job portal or something, you're filling out a form, right? And that form is going into the company's applicant tracking system or ATS, which is just a really fancy way to refer to software that companies use to manage candidates. If you're Amazon or you're Google or you're Microsoft or you're Netflix or you're Chewy.com, You have a lot of applicants to manage, and so they use this software to help them manage the candidates. And some of these systems and some of the software even do kind of initial sorting and ranking of candidates, and they do this by parsing or scanning the content of your resume and anything that you might have put into that form. So it's taking all that information, all those inputs that you gave it when you filled out uh, the application and it's looking at it and it's sometimes ranking and sorting the candidates to try and make it easier for recruiters and hiring managers to get a sense of which candidates might be more viable than others. So we don't have time to go into the details of applicant tracking systems and it varies from system to system, but that's what you need to know. So the key is that in order for that applicant tracking system to be able to parse or scan whatever you want to call it, your resume, it has to be formatted correctly and it needs to have the right keywords, the right phrases, etc., that align with the job that you're applying to. So that's why you need two versions of your resume because the way you literally lay out and design your resume is slightly different when you're creating the version for the applicant tracking system. A couple of really quick tips here. When you're making that ATS version of your resume, I would not personally use columns. I would just keep it one column going across the whole page Sometimes when information is in columns, it can kind of mess up the ATS, applicant tracking system's ability to scan, parse that information. You should also not use excessive icons, graphics, or definitely don't use kind of charts and graphs to represent your skills and experience because the applicant tracking system cannot interpret icons graphics etc you also want to use really clear labels for each section of your resume think about education skills work experience etc some of you get a little creative with what you call these sections and don't get cute with this stuff make it as specific as possible so the applicant tracking system doesn't get confused so for example your work experience section, just call it work experience. Don't call it my career journey or something because it might not know. Oh, that's the work experience section. It may not be that smart. For the human friendly version of your resume, some of you are probably wondering how do I know when to send which version? And a general rule of thumb is like if you're messaging with a person. You're going back and forth on email, on LinkedIn messages, wherever, and they say, hey, send me your resume, then you have pretty high confidence a human is receiving that resume. And that's when you can get a little bit less sterile with the layout, for lack of a better word, meaning you could have two columns. You could use icons sparingly. And other things we don't have time to go into, but just be mindful that you need two versions. And there are slight differences in how to format each of those. Okay, the second kind of UX mistake that some of you might be making on your resume is that you do not have what I call a strategic summary sentence at the top of your resume. So again, let's put ourselves in the shoes of recruiters and hiring managers. We know at the beginning They're skimming and scanning. And so when they start at the very top of your resume and they read your name right below your name would be a really great place to put this strategic summary sentence. And you can think of it like a little tagline, like a personal branding statement. I don't care what you call it. But the point is that when they read this statement, which should be no longer than one sentence, when they read it, It gives them a picture of some of your experience, a preview of your experience, if you will, so that they don't have to read your entire resume. So let's work with an example because I'm sure it'll help you understand this a lot more. Okay, so let's imagine you are a certified public accountant, a CPA, and you have your name at the top of your resume, and then you have the title CPA or certified public accountant. Okay, that tells us your job title, but kind of what would be more powerful is a summary statement that helps connect the dots, helps the hiring managers kind of understand a little bit more about you before they have to go down further in your resume. Instead of just saying certified public accountant, maybe that summary statement says, certified public accountant with 10 years of experience in healthcare and health insurance industries. Okay. That is very powerful because immediately in reading that single sentence, someone knows that you're a certified public accountant with 10 years of experience in the healthcare and health insurance industries. And they learned that by reading one sentence, not by like, looking down at the rest of your resume and reading all your job history and things like that. So if you do not have a summary statement at the top of your resume, this would be something you could do really quickly today to improve the user experience of your resume. And side note, you could use that summary statement on your LinkedIn headline as well which will definitely help you out on LinkedIn. So that summary statement is really a way to marry your job title with a tiny bit of background information about you. Like I said, it's kind of like a brand tagline, but in this case, the brand is you. Okay, the third thing that a lot of people get wrong with their resume is that the bullet points in the work experience section sound, frankly, really weak and boring to the reader. And we definitely don't want a boring user experience. And the reason that this happens is that many people write the bullet points of their resume and it starts to sound like a job description. I want you to look at your resume and see if, any of those bullet points start with, I was responsible for, I was responsible for. And again, put yourself in the shoes of the people going through your resume. If they're reading, skimming, scanning hundreds of resumes a day and they look down at it and it just says, I was responsible for, I was responsible for, that's very boring. You don't want to be boring. So how do you stand out? You do it by replacing I was responsible for with specific action verbs. So what are examples of action verbs? Designed, oversaw, reduced, increased, decreased, streamlined, advised, conducted, evaluated, implemented, mentored, mobilized. I'm not going to keep going because there's tons of them, but I wanna show you how this can really transform the quality of those bullet points on your resume. Let's imagine you are a researcher and one of the bullet points on your resume says, I was responsible for conducting customer research studies. Okay, but when someone reads that, like if we were having a conversation and you literally out loud said, okay, well I was responsible for conducting customer research studies. The natural questions that I would follow up with would be, okay, well, what type of research did you do and how much research did you do? How frequently did you do the research? How big was the research? What did you learn from the research? What happened, right? There's all these follow-up questions. The point is this bullet point of I was responsible for conducting customer research studies. It doesn't tell the full picture. It only scratches the surface of what you did. And here's the thing. It ultimately means that you are selling yourself short as a candidate. And it could be the difference between getting interviews or not. Because the reader, the hiring manager, the recruiter, they won't know the details and depth of the research you did. Instead, you could say, I planned, conducted, Oversaw and analyzed quarterly customer research studies, including surveys and interviews with 200 customers each quarter. Like, mic drop right there, right? That sentence conveys a ton about your research skills and experience and the scope of research that you've done. Let me read it again. I planned, conducted, oversaw, and analyzed quarterly customer research studies, including surveys and interviews with 200 customers each quarter. So that sentence really goes beyond just, I did research and it tells us, what did you do? How often did you do it? How big was the research? What types of research, et cetera? And if it comes down to you and another candidate and the other candidate, has a resume that just says, I was responsible for XYZ versus you, the candidate that goes into more detail, just like that example, guess who's going to stand out? It's going to be you. And regarding action verbs, just Google it. Just literally go to Google and type in action verbs for resumes. And you will find tons of blog posts and articles with tons of action verbs if you need more help with that. All right. So I know we covered a ton really quickly, but I wanted to do this because I see so many people make these UX mistakes that impact the user friendliness, the readability, the quality of the content on your resume. And this is impacting whether or not you're getting interviews. And so if you've been applying to a lot of jobs and maybe not getting interviews, start with your resume. It's one of the first lines of defense. It's where people form uh, the first impression. It may not be the only variable in the first impression, but it's a big part of the variables. So there you have it. These tips are gonna help you stand out from other candidates. And let me just recap them really quick. Number one is that having two versions of your resume, one for the applicant tracking system, and one for humans is going to help you get noticed faster. Number two is that by including a strategic summary sentence or a tagline, whatever you want to call it, at the top of your resume, you are going to make it easier for the reader to more quickly understand what makes you unique. So you're not just the certified public accountant. You're the certified public accountant with 10 years of experience in healthcare and health insurance. And then number three, when you're writing those resume bullet points, you want every single one of those sentences to start with an action verb to catch the reader's attention instead of just saying, I was responsible for, over and over and over. If you wanna learn more about Career Strategy Lab, just visit careerstrategylab.com You might wanna sign up for my newsletter because we might make an announcement about a portfolio course. I hope this was helpful and I hope that it was worth your time. Have a great rest of your day and bye.